Welcome to Tea with Tassoni, a book club for Orthodox Christians. My name is Laura, and this week we're continuing our reading of Bob Goff's book, Undistracted. If you want to grab your own copy and read along, head to teawithtassoni.com. You'll also find past books there. Now, last episode, we began the book, and I want to start this time with a story from chapter six. So in chapter six, Bob rec recounts the story of Vesta Stout. You can find it starting on page 60 if you're reading in the hardcover. So Vesta was working in a munitions factory, and she was packaging ammunition for those in the war, including her own two sons, and she didn't really like the way the bullets were being packaged. She had an idea for a different kind of tape to, you know, keep everything together in, in a nifty way on the battlefield. But her bosses didn't really get it. They didn't see the vision, you know, and Vesta was not satisfied to just sit there and let it go. Right. Her, her son's lives and the lives of other sons <laughs> were at stake. Right. And she felt very strongly about her purpose and her concept. And so she actually wrote a letter directly to the president uh, and got her, got her invention approved. They created duct tape based on Vesta's concept for waterproof cloth tape that the, the military was used to calling it 100 mile per hour tape because they use it to repair even things on jet planes, right? So even now, uh, you know, I, I had read this story uh, like a week ago and there's something in my garden that's broken. And I was like, oh yeah, duct tape would fix that right away. Like I should have used duct tape all along. What was I thinking? So the idea here that Bob wants to get across is that sometimes we know our purpose. We know God's mission for us. We know what we're supposed to be doing. And sometimes we let silly things like other people's permission get in our way. You know, of course, the classic example of this is Moses, right? Who knew his mission, let my people go, right? But had this mountain of an obstacle called Pharaoh standing in his way. And so Moses also did not let that stop him, right? He knew what God had called him to do. And he drove forward and he did what he was asked, right? And he fulfilled his purpose. And so in chapter six, the key takeaway is that God is waiting for us right outside our comfort zone. Like he's already given us permission to live fully in the purpose he has set for us. He, he's already given us permission. You know, we have been baptized. We have been chrismated. We have been anointed to go forth and fulfill his work and, and to um, inflame the fire of the Holy Spirit within us. And sometimes we are just hanging out in our comfort zone, all comfy. And, you know, it reminded me of a quote from chapter eight that God is inviting us into an adventure while we're satisfied sitting in the library. Now, if you know me, <laughs> you know, libraries are my thing. And of course, obviously we are reading this book, but it's not enough. You know, Bob's message is always, it's not enough to read the book. You have to do the thing, right? If you've read the book, you go out and do it. If you've read the Bible, you go out and do it. And that's kind of Bob's um, life motto. You know, that is the code that he lives by. And I, and, you know, the, the fact of the matter is I read this book and I said, okay, let us lean into God's purpose and let's start Tea with Tosoni back up. Sorry, that was the sound of the book flipping. Let's start Tea with Tosoni back up. You know, if that is part of God's purpose that he has set for me, then let me dive right in and do it. So I am trying here to lead by example, whatever God is calling you to do, whatever it looks like, go ahead and 
lean into it, right? And uh, and get outside of your comfort zone about it, okay? Now, Bob is very good at giving practical advice too. You know, I think he he kind of like tucks it in there between the pages, but chapter seven is very practical. If you're reading and you're looking for an idea for how to really make some progress, uh, he gives some clear steps. So first is to get clear about your destination, to know where you're going. And of course, for us, our true destination is eternal life with Christ. But there are maybe some, there's another destination that we have in mind. Maybe there is a, a specific purpose God has given us um, on our way to eternity, right? And then the idea is to break up that journey into smaller waypoints. And so you, instead of looking ahead, you know, 80 years or 60 years or 40 years or however long God has, has gifted you, um, instead of looking all the way that way and just constantly trying to think 20 years ahead, break it into smaller waypoints. Like what is, what, what today would get me closer to what God wants in my life or what, um, what do I need to be doing every day? What should my good daily habits be to double check that I'm on course and not off course. If we are driving our car and we've got the GPS on, we check and make sure that the streets still say what the GPS says and that the setting is still to the right destination, right? We, I don't know if your GPS has ever done this. Mine sometimes decides I'm going somewhere else. So it's always good to double check. All right. And so one of the things he says is how many days remain for you? Do the math. That's that's a quote. Uh, this reminded me of something Abuna taught me, which there was one year where he was thinking about Holy Week and Easter. And he actually thought about how many Holy Weeks do I have left? Like how many times am I going to get to say, let's say, if menos? How many times am I going to sing the Palm Sunday hymns, right? How many more times? Like they are a finite number. Even if you live to be 100, even if you live to be 120, you still have a finite number of Holy Weeks left, of Palm Sundays left, of Easter's left, of Christmases left, right? And so being very, um, getting very clear about those, those years and looking at those numbers really changes the way that you're looking at your life and the way that you are making decisions and, and, and putting, you know, putting eternity in your heart, but also putting your morality, morality, mortality, <laughs> mortality before your eyes helps you get clear on what you need to do to make sure that you are, you know, turning the steering wheel in the right direction to get to where you want to go. And again, we can talk about this about eternal life, but we can also talk about it about the thing God is planning for you. So if you're a doctor and you feel God is calling you to open a free clinic, you can sit here and keep reading about free clinics, or you can get up and figure out where, what's a good location for this free clinic. Let's put an offer on a property. Let's find a list of possible volunteer doctors. You know, you can break up the journey to that final end destination in whatever way you can. Maybe an earlier point would be um, begin to make house calls, you know, where people, before you start a free clinic, you make some free house calls to certain neighborhoods. So this idea that you break up the journey and then you begin a daily habit to tackle or and course correct, tackle and course correct, okay? Because, you know, one of the things Bob points out is that our prayer is, give us this day our daily bread. So we can't really handle more than today. And we we have to be able to, and, and our lifetime is made up of a whole slew of today's, right? So making sure that we are honoring every day and then making sure those days are still leading us in the right direction. Okay, uh, chapter eight is about 
the determination to do something with our faith. And, and my my takeaway from that one is we need to decide what our faith is actually about. And then God wants us to do something with that faith and engage the world. So as Orthodox Christians, especially, we are very good at being academic. We are very good at knowing all the things and maybe uh, doing all the rituals, but not really living our faith externally in a way that engages the world, right? So I want us to be courageous to live our faith in a way that's outside facing, forward facing, world facing, right? Because we are in the world. God put us in the world for a reason. And so I want to make sure that when we think about our faith, that it's not that the set of dogma that we have is not, um, is not constricting us to stasis because God is not calling us to stasis. He's calling us to action. God is calling us to transformation, right? And not just to transform ourselves, but through our own transformation to be touching other people's lives and changing and transforming their lives as well. So that kind of engagement is part of our call and our faith. Um, I remember that one time one of our elementary school kids invited one of her school teachers to come attend liturgy. Um, and I was just amazed. And the teacher came and had such a wonderful time and learned a little bit more about our faith. And that kind of courage to live outside, you know, is so beautiful in children, but man, we adults need to get on it too, right? <laughs> we need to be willing to be externally facing and need to be willing to engage the world. Now, one of the things that I found in the book kind of funny, but it also underscored to me the, the treasure that we have in the Orthodox church is on page 95 in the hardcover. So if you're in, if you have the hardcover, you want to be on page 95, this is a great story about um, Bob going to visit a sick friend, okay? So he's going to visit Bill, and he says, when I landed, I decided to get some oil for Bill's head, since, you know, in the Bible, it says to anoint your sick with oil. I was a little unsure what kind of oil I needed, extra virgin olive oil, castor oil, coconut, or vegetable. I ruled out SAE 30 and crude because it didn't seem to fit, even though we were in Texas. I figured I could find a grocery store on the way to the hospital. Unfortunately, I discovered there weren't any stores on my route and I was pressed for time. But get this, there was a Burger King. I went inside, explained my dilemma to the guy at the fry machine and talked him out of a cup of used oil from the deep fryer. I turned more than a few heads as I walked through the hallways at MD Anderson with my cup full of oil that afternoon. When I found Bill and Lori, they were waiting for more tests. When we were done, I dipped my finger into the oil and touched Bill's forehead. I am sure he was the only guy who went into the MRI machine that afternoon smelling like a bag of French fries. Okay. Now, obviously to me, Bob intends it to be a joke. He intends it to be funny, but to me as the wife of a priest, it's also like four times as funny. Like you can't find holy oil. So you end up with oil from the fryer, used oil from the fryer at Burger King. Don't they have fresh oil in the fryer? at Burger? Like, I, I mean, anyway, I digress. But the point is that we have this richness where we don't have to be inventing rituals from scratch. We have holy oil on hand, right? That we are, it is accessible to us, right? To be able to anoint our sick with oil that's been prayed over and has attended services and, and multiple blessings and so on. And on the other hand, the story reminds me of the story from um, St. Peter, the seal of martyrs 
of the woman who was trying to get her sons baptized and was um, taking a, a ship or a boat to uh, to St. Peter to get her children baptized, but they were in a storm. They were in this horrible storm where it was life and death. Like it was the moment where they could die. And she could not imagine that they would die without, um, without having been baptized. That to her was horrifying. So she baptized them herself and she anointed them with her own blood, right? And God accepted that baptism. And he later, when they went to baptize the children again, the water solidified. Um, if you don't know that the story, I highly recommend you go read it. It's a beautiful story about how our faith, right, allows for these kinds of like emergency situations. I mean, Bob couldn't find any oil and he made it work with what he had. And God, I am certain blessed that used French fry machine oil to anoint his friend just as his faith, um, just as his faith maintained right and so i think that's something that we need to have a little bit more courage about we are so concerned with doing things exactly right we forget to have that sense of urgency and that sense of um faithfulness that drives us to do things even imperfectly right and that's kind of outside our comfort zone we're used to being perfect we use we're used to having everything go the way that we want we're used to having lots of holy oil on hand we don't really go into the desert of our faith and um, bring in, bring our faith in with us in deserted areas, in places where it's more difficult, right? Where it's not so obvious how to solve these problems, where we need to rely more on God to provide in his own way. So that is kind of what I got from the second segment of Undistracted, chapters six through 10. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. So if you would like to email me at laura at copticdadandmom.com and tell me a little bit about what you got out of this section of the book. Uh, of course, Bob has tons of better stories and exciting things to tell inside. I, um, but I shared a little bit and I hope to hear from you what really touched you as well. And otherwise, I'll talk to you in the next episode.